We really just need you to tap the mics and say, test, test. Sets him straight. I drink your milkshake. 
I drink it up! Oh, I haven't had a milkshake for quite a while. I don't remember when last. This is Aerial View on TheHoundNYC.com. This is me, Chris T., on another Friday evening, right at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Only one hour. The one hour of my week I get to indulge myself, Keith Hartel. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. I get to be in the here and the now. In the moment. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I smell what you're cooking. Thank you. Keith Hartel is back with us on the program. And... uh it's good to have you back. I don't know if uh, you've been on in 2020, so this is a, a first mm. for 2020. How's think... 2020 treating you so far? Oh, uh, I, I... <laughs> things have been okay for me personally, but I, I I have certain trepidations about the way 2020 will be experienced. I, I um, I, I, I believe it. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. I expected to be. A detached observer of wasn't that a Rolling Stones album by the way? Emotional roller coaster or my I'm well, emotional rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that yeah, emotional rescue. Really that's it. Yes. That. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I <laughs> no, I knew that. I was just I was funning you. As they used to say on Hee Haw, I was just funning you, Keith Hartel. So that Stones record, emotional roller coaster. So you so three weeks in, it's yeah. it's January twenty fourth. You, yeah. You've already been on an emotional roller coaster, as have I. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. now I think something good could happen. Something good? You mean it's all looking up from here? No. No. I just mean it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> so yeah. all right. I was more comfortable with like nothing good could happen, and then just watching it and just being like, you know what though, that's normal. And just rolling along with my thing and right. just feeling kind of a little bit above everyone. <laughs> and instead, I feel there's a possibility something good could happen, and now I am in danger that I could be disappointed. Well, you're, it sounds like you're riding for a fall, Keith Hartel. Is that what you're saying? Or are you building yourself up for a letdown? Which, which one of those? Is it perhaps both? You're riding for a fall while building yourself up for a letdown? It's the could Charlie Brown you? when he tries to kick the football that Lucy pulls away, that shit. That's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, but, well, but yet, yet, maybe yes, not. And that's maybe. why I have this feeling. Maybe not. That's maybe. why it would be so painful if the football is pulled. Well, um, yeah, I think I'm in the same place. Actually, I've had emotional roller coaster since the beginning of the year. Let's compare notes before yeah. we even get into the meat of the matter. Yeah. What should I say for vegans? Can we still say meat? Because there is fake meat. There's yeah. meat made of soy and... I do not cater to vegans. Satan. And I won't speak their language. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is awesome in The Joker, but like that, that, like that, I'm going to make all of the Golden Globes eat plant-based food well the rap on them too was that that they flew in like tons of flowers and, yeah. and burnt tons of jet fuel while they were trying to be ecologically sensitive Wait, well, <laughs> environmentally oh. sensitive so they kind of sh- they kind of shot themselves in the foot yeah well, the, as the yeah, it, expression it, goes that's a i guess probably would be derailing but that that joaquin phoenix in the golden globes with the vegan angle against Ricky Gervais keeping it real and telling Hollywood where it's at thing. That's a whole big thing. But um, It is a whole big thing. Did you and watch I, the, the I did, okay. yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I remain a, fran- a fan of Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I've, I, I've met him. He, he's, he's, I think he's done IDs for this program. I swear to God, I talked him into doing some aerial view uh-huh. IDs back in the day. I have no doubt. 
but, you know, that is one place that takes itself very seriously. Hollywood doesn't like to be... They, they pretend to like to be deflated, but they don't really like to be deflated. Oh, no. And they love to crawl up their own ass whenever they get the chance. That's why... You know, once upon a time in Hollywood's going to win a lot of uh, awards and this right, award rightfully season. Rightfully so. But Joaquin, yeah. like, because what was funny about his um, speech was that it, he sounded like what Gervais said really affected him. And he, because he starts with, like, no, I know we should try to do better. And even though I'm happy, like, like he was like too, like too real, like too, I mean, really real, like not superficial. And it looked like he was freaking the audience out. He was the first guy that played off, got played off with music, but he seemed disturbed how Ricky Gervais, you know, kind of just set this tone of like, we all know there's a lot of this hypocritical, like, uh, gesturing. And, and that Joaquin Phoenix had taken it in. And then when he, by the time he was on stage, he's like, yeah, I mean, we're doing our best. I'm glad we have the vegan food, but no, we shouldn't fly the, fly the planes to Malibu. Why? And he meant it like he was fully... He's, he, he's still he, yeah. Arthur Fleck, yeah, and that's why he's a genius. He, he's uh, he's a he he strikes me as a very sensitive soul. That guy, uh, very yeah. se- a very sensitive soul. Yeah, it's to the guy, level where they should have the, a new word for it. That they should they should figure out something new to call it. Uh, this is Aerial View on thehoundmyc.com, where uh, every uh, Sunday, three p.m. Eastern time, you've got a uh, new hound howl that takes place, and then crashing the party. <laughs> Mark and Miriam at 5 p.m. The do up Chop Shop of the Air. And, uh, oh, you got those do ups on 78. That's all. That's all I want to know. Do you, do you have those do ups on 78? Do you? You got those do ups on 78? Ah, that's all I want to know. I should say that every time I walk into a record store, just to be like consistent to. Friend of mine used to for a year. He took a picture in the same pose where he was sort of leaning to the side with his hand up. Yeah. So anything he stood in front of, it just looked like you know he. You just kept changing the backdrop, but he stayed the same, and it was quite disturbing. And I should do that every time I walk into a record store. You got those doo-wops on seventy-eight, do you? I would love those. Uh, aerial view. Keith Hartel joining me, and we're, we're we're comparing the beginning of the year, 2020. Yes, I was on an emotional roller coaster this week. I held a living creature in my arms, and it died mm. in my arms. And uh, it was it was really an affecting thing that happened. To remind you, uh, as the Romans would say, "Memento mori." You know the famous story: whenever an emperor would return victorious to Rome after defeating some foe, they would they would have a slave walk alongside the emperor or sit alongside the emperor and as the throngs were celebrating the emperor and screaming his name and mm-hmm. and blessing him because he was coming back with all of this this booty you know all this mm-hmm. treasure and and prisoners that they were going to turn into slaves and the slave would whisper memento mori oh yes memento mori remember you'll die someday don't let this all go to your head because you know you're going to be worm food like the rest of us you know, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough lesson to learn and see in front of you. And we lost our uh, our gray tabby cat this week. Mm. Uh, I knew Violet for 15 years of her 17 years. I met her when she was a combative two year old. Mm. She would swat at me. I called her violent. I started calling her violent. And uh, she eventually grew to love and respect me as I did her. And then these last few years have been tough because of the hyperthyroidism and the kidney disease and 
the white blood cell count and the whole thing. And she just got old really fast, like we're all going to do probably. And then she was having a hard time at the well, end. Like we're so. all going to do probably. Probably. <laughs> Most likely. You know, like um, if I'm looking at the trends, <laughs> looking at the numbers, um, the wall is like, 1,000 billion and oh, the wall. Right. The wall keeps winning. <laughs> you, uh, by the wall, you mean what some people call the veil. Well, as you well. hit the, the wall, veil. man. You, you got to hit the wall. The wall <laughs> is, the wall. is Wall's uh, undefeated. The wall is undefeated. It is. And it will never retire. That's the thing about the wall, too. The wall will always be there. Oh, no. No, I'm, no, no. You, I'll go on you know, to some the, of that the storyline in years and years, which I'm finally catching up with on HBO, although the storyline in that show, one of the characters wants is transhuman, says, I want to be uploaded to the cloud so I can live forever. You right. know, this bid for immortality, this singularity, the, right, this thing. Yeah, the Kurzweil, you know, Ray Kurzweil stuff. That guy. Uh, and, and then the person who invented satellite radio as well was, is one of those singularity people and is transgender, as a matter of fact. And uh, I wish I could remember her name, but uh, she invented satellite radio, made a lot of money, retired to an island, and became a woman. So... That's very. That's very. Uh, what Matrix Wachowski? Like that's that's a mindset. It's a mindset because, like you know, in the Matrix. When you saw that, that was like for a lot of people on different levels. Like either for me, that was one of the, like yeah, all that singularity. Like um, life is an illusion, but like it's really happening now. Gnosticism is true, but it's technological. It was all confirmed in the Matrix. All confirmed. Every last bit of it confirmed in the Matrix. Uh, Keith Hartel is with me, and we're recounting our 2020s, and I was saying we lost our tabby cat, Violet, yeah. on Tuesday. And it was a very tough thing because I sat with Violet in this room, this quiet room in the, in the veterinarian's uh, offices, and they set up this room where it's like away from the other rooms, and it's somber tones and soft surfaces, and you sit there and... You know, I cradled her in my arms and I looked at her and I, I just thought, you know, how do you say goodbye? How do you say goodbye? How do I say goodbye to you, Violet? I just kept thinking, you know, uh, someone said to me, it's better to, to go too soon than to go too late. <laughs> when it comes uh... when it comes to a situation like this, they said, I know people who ha regret waiting too long. I don't know anybody who regretted uh, doing it too soon. I pulled because, the trigger on the euthanasia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, well, I, agree, I and my, yeah. uh, and Sweet Tea, we had, we just, I waited to speak to her because uh -huh. I didn't want to make that ultimate decision alone. You know, um, she had Violet when I met her and, and remembers her as a little tiny kitten. Yes. And, you know, when you've been around something that long, it is tough. It's tough to say goodbye, but you have to come, you have to let them go. You, at some point, you have to release because then people can't. They can't go properly if you don't release them. I, I do believe in that. I don't believe in a lot of mystic, supernatural type things, but I do believe you have to release people. You have yeah. to give them the permission to go. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. All the way. So, goodbye, Violet. So long. And a little later on, I have a song for her, but I, I want to get to some something in the news, the Upside Down update, update portion of the program with Keith Artell, because uh, I told you this just before... We uh, went on the air, and I know we're not on the air. I, I still don't know what to say instead of on the air. Just what say would on you the say? air. Go, uh, just, just roll with that. Just yeah, be because like... if you could sell uh, soy protein as meat, I can call this on the air. And it's it's still air. There's still air involved in, in like, the they hear it through the air. It comes out of the speaker. The air carries it to the ear. 
You're right. on the air. Why didn't I think of it that way? You're absolutely right. Thank you for seeing it that way. Because that's totally, totally, totally true. It's what I do, man. Yeah, point out uh, things that... How, what it, what would you call that? Pointing things out? I point things out. That's what I, I do. Observe, I, I, I'm in the, you in the George Carlin tradition of observational. Did you ever notice? It really is always the air. Did you ever notice? Have you ever noticed? Did you ever notice? Uh, this is Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com, and there's something in the news that I find, I find fascinating as somebody who uh, is into the way things sound. And listening to things, they, Keith Hartel, have reproduced the larynx and vocal tract of a, a mummified Egyptian priest, 3,000 years old. So they printed, they, they CT scanned him, uh-huh. they shoved him in a CT scanner. And by the way, might I say, Egyptians, this mummy looks beautiful. This thing yeah. is well preserved. Yeah, well, uh, well, no one knows how they did the pyramids, right? I mean, they, they have a, they're, it was they're, slave labor, but still, no, even the logistics, though, like, did anyone, I'm, I mean, this might be, uh, you could, this might be leading to a tangent, but isn't there a thing where might no one ever really well, figured out, be. no one figured out the logistics of how the pyramid was built, like really convincingly yet? I, I heard it was a system of pulleys and yeah, slave labor. No, but th- so those there two has things, to be but the then, slave labor. But yes. then there would have had to been so much of it. Like, did they know something we didn't don't know now? Yeah, they. Before, you know what they knew? Yes. Slaves are expendable. We'll just go get more. We'll sack some other country or whatever we need to do, and we'll we'll find more. We'll make more slaves. We could lose some slaves. So you're saying so quantity. I'm saying yeah, with pulleys, a yeah. system of pulleys and slave labor, you could probably build almost anything. Mm. Slaves are expendable. That's what the Egyptians knew. I think most people knew that that held held slaves. No, right? you're right. I mean, I've spent too much time entertaining the aliens made the pyramid. Well, so so I I I I, I both sides is um if you were slaves gonna, versus aliens and it's really who was it's that really guy? Not was it on. was it Eric von Donneken who wrote the books about yes, the uh, yes. how the, the aliens built the pyramids and they also built God knows what else yeah they built a lot of stuff yes they just didn't stick around they were like we're gonna build some stuff and then we'll go. Just to leave signs that we were here. That's well, all. You know, I'm. O- yeah. You, 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 if you're not open to that kind of thinking, I mean, just being open to it, you can't correctly enjoy Space Odyssey 2001. And then why even? Why even? <laughs> That's what I say. But this, this, this mummy. I say this mummy underwent a a 3D scan, a very high tech thing, and it happened over lunch. Like this uh-huh. guy met this other guy. Uh, this one guy who was into. Um, you know, the mechanics of uh, breath and the way the throat and the larynx combine to make sounds along with the tongue. And he was 3D printing mm. vocal tracks and he was having lunch with this guy who said, by the way, I'm an anthropologist. Do you do you suppose you could do that with a mummy? Da, 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 da. And the audiologist guy was like, why, sure, I don't see why not. I guess if it was well-preserved, I could. And it's like, oh, they're well-preserved. The Egyptians, they were the original embalmers. They knew exactly what they were doing. So they shoved the mummy into the CT scan, right? My initials, by the way. It's like yeah. a Chris T scan is what they did. <laughs> and this guy manages to figure out a 3D model. And here it is. Here it is, the, the printed. I'm showing it to Keith Artell. I know you can't see it, radio audience, but I, I will put this on the uh, the, the social 
I'll put it on the Facebook. How's that? And you can find that at facebook.com slash call aerial view. By the way, the number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. My number is in Palm Springs, and I'm not. That should be a song. Yeah, it should really it? should. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I'm not. That's where my phone number is. It's in Palm Springs. So call 760-I-CALL-AV. I searched around for these things, and I finally found one. Let me see if it'll play here. Hi, you're listening to Chris T on WF. Well, that's that's old. I got to edit that. Stuff. I applaud that. Yeah. Like I was just like, <laughs> I was in the moment, thoroughly impressed. Okay, thank you. Full on, I, full on. I, Especially because he's a hero. I, what he did during the globe, the, the globes was heroic. I, I thought. I mean, just right on the money, exactly like some bringing everyone together shit. I thought. Yeah. Well, I you know, I it's it's good. I, I think it's good to uh how they say it, afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Yeah. So yes. if you're gonna be in the service of those two things, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I, I'm okay yeah. perfectly with him afflicting the comfortable and he did make them very uh nervous and upset about a number of things, including their you know, how many people watched Harvey Weinstein yes. do what he did, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. including raping Annabella Sciorra, she described yeah. it on the stand. The other day, and she talked about how in 1993 and 1994, she started crossing paths with this guy. Yeah. And one night, he shows up at her hotel room door and forces his way in her hotel room and throws her on a bed and uses his body weight to pin her down, and he forcibly rapes her. But then he he manages to withdraw before the uh, money shot. And and he he's very proud of this, and he tells her, I have excellent timing. And I guess she must have remembered that, because it's kind of a horrifying thing, you know, and I'll always and, remember it. Uh, she, uh, so they, of course, they cross-examined her. How come you didn't go report it to anybody at the time? And she's like, I didn't really know. I didn't really know what rape was. You know? And I and, thought and, I was still in and, the movies. Uh, well, that's the, well, that's a lot of that, what it that, is, that, right? I, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that about her. I, I'm not I, saying I, about I, her. I'm yeah. saying that about the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The situation. Well, it, look, the casting couch was well a well-known thing long before Harvey Weinstein. And, Certainly. And he just took it to a new level. You know, mm-hmm. he took it to a to another whole other level. But how how many years had you been alive before you heard of this thing called the casting couch? And you know, so that, but it's now over. It's yeah. for, it's forget about it. It's done. We're on to a new era now. But they still, the people around Harvey Weinstein facilitated his uh, sexual assaults oh, and his yeah. rapes, and they covered him up in many cases, and they let him operate for many many years. So Ricky Gervais was, I think, perfectly correct to point that out to say not only him but Jeffrey Epstein. You oh, and he did it in a funny way. around with yes, and most he made, importantly, yes. Well, he's a comedian after all. Yeah, so. but you know what's funny though too is that I don't know exactly what the joke was, but when Seth MacFarlane hosted, I think the Oscars, he made a Weinstein joke that, and it was more inside baseball back then, but it was based on like. Uh, you know, an anecdote a friend had told him, but there was some kind of like Weinstein is a creep when Seth MacFarlane hosted that he did. And, you know, he was, of course, asked about it afterwards. It was like, yes, I had heard the stories and I was making that joke. I hate this guy. And, you know, well, there you go. Thank you, Seth MacFarlane. But I bet he doesn't sound like a 3000 year old mummy. And we're going to listen to that right now. What do you say? You haven't heard this yet, right? You said, no, this will be new I've for you. Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about this story. Again, this uh, anthropologist and this scientist are having lunch. 
and uh, they're discussing the 3D printing. The scientists are saying we, we're able to 3D print a larynx and a, a vocal tract. And uh, the only thing they, they really can't do is the tongue. I know I said the tongue earlier, but they're still yeah. having a hard time figuring out. And the, and the tongue, obviously, is very important in forming uh, human speech. Uh, and so they 3D print. They, the, the anthropologist says, by the way, can you do a mummy? And this guy is like, ah, I could do a mummy all day long. I'm sure I can do a mummy. Why not? If the mummy's well-preserved, he said, ah, we're back to the embalming fluid. And by the way, earlier I was showing Keith Hartel one of my prized collectibles, which is a bottle of um, embalming fluid for children called Frigid Junior mm -hmm. from the Frigid line. And uh, formalin, which is a trade name for formaldehyde. So this bottle was full of formaldehyde but what they did is they somehow the, they put another ingredient in there that wouldn't explode baby's tiny veins when you tried to use yes. this particular you know the the full grown adult version of this frigid senior i guess or just frigid i'm sure so uh from chicago illinois featuring a baby that looks suspiciously like warren g harding on the label and uh, so this is descended from the Egyptians. The Egyptians taught the art of embalming, right? They began the art of embalming. So any yeah. funeral director or uh, mortician is descended from that line, you know, from the line of preserving human bodies as long as possible. And, and you start to and, go into, like, who's the first guy that started thinking that was an important thing to figure out? Well, I guess because uh, the Egyptians believed that, you know, you were going to be sent off to the other world, but in with enough stuff and enough soldiers and enough money and enough loot. So they, they had to build the pyramids. They had to store these kings in there right and and yeah. the mummified remains of these kings so they could pass over to wherever the hell they were going but then they would make them 10,000 terracotta soldiers and they would leave you know uh, they would leave huge uh, gold collections lying around of gold gold things and gold yeah. stuff and and all in, a, in an attempt to 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 escape death and it's not going to happen I believe you know? so it sounds like the Egyptians invented materialism well, you could go that far, and I would willingly go there as well. That's an interesting theory. I hadn't heard it put quite that way before, but I, I you know, maybe this show is just a series of me and Keith Artell signing off on things that each other say. And yeah. uh, somebody called in. Let me see if we can call them back real fast, and uh, let me uh, figure out how to do it. Oh, here we go. If I press this, it's like, here we go. Let's see who called. I have my suspicions who it is, but we'll see. You guys are hysterical. Uh, who the hell is this? <laughs> Phil in Portland. Oh, Phil. It is Phil. I thought it was Phil. Phil, you know Keith Hartel? Have you talked to Keith before? Hi, Hi Keith. I've not spoken to you, but I've heard you. I appreciate your wisdom and insights. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Perfect circle you of appreciation here. Might call it an appreciation society. I'm Phil, walk to my, I'm going to walk upstairs to my phone booth. What is this like? A, it's like he's in space and he's telling us everything he's doing. Now I'm knocking on the door. Now I'm opening the door. Now I'm passing th over the threshold. Now I'm inside. Have you had any? Now, any, now I'm closing the door. Have you had any experience being funny, Chris? <laughs> Have you seen the new David Lynch 17-minute uh, long short on Netflix where he interrogates a capuchin monkey? 
but he no. rotoscopes in like his, someone else's lips, and it's all in black and white. So the monkey's <laughs> talking with like a human mouth. Oh, it's, dude, it's very fucked up. It. It's I watched like three minutes of it. I was like, I can't handle this. Right now. I, I can't take the whole seventeen minutes of David Lynch interviewing a, a monkey with a human mouth. Can't uh, wait I, to I wish smoke I could weed and watch that. Uh, what is it called? Is it? Do you know, Phil? Is it called uh, Jack? What did you do, or something like that? It's got some weird name. I haven't heard of it. What? You mean you're in Portland and you don't know? No. In gonna... fact, I actually, I actually, uh, never mind. It's called gonna, gonna... What Did Jack Do? What did I call what it? It's Jack called do? What Did Jack Do? And he uh, interrogates a friend's monkey in Whoa. What Did Jack Do? It's on Netflix now. So is that's it a monkey it. or is it a chimp? It is uh, a monkey. I haven't said huh. chimp once. I said monkey. No, I know. But several you know, times. Most, pe- most people call all apes monkeys. <laughs> that's really fucked up. That's really, and you know what? If we can wrong. elect Bernie Sanders, yes, people start taking that shit like not for granted and not just put it all lump all um, primates that are not human into one right fucking bullshit thing. That's right. Pri- we're primates too, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, we're Homo sapiens. We're the most overrated primates. On the uh, we're the ones that are going to destroy the planet. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? We're busy wiping out life as we know it and making sure that nothing can reproduce on the Earth's surface. It'll turn into a dying icy orb just hurtling through space. We are. That's here my to, prediction. We're here to eat the sandwich, man. That's. <laughs> Well, you are responsible because the boomers, I, you may qualify as a boomer. No, I, I don't. I, I, I oh, do Jesus not. Christ, I, I, you dodged how, that fucking bullet because I'm you? a boomer. 68. I'm a boomer. 68. I'm a boomer and it's all my fault. What's your year? And now? I'm here to tell you. What's your year? 62. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the yeah. 64 is borderline. That's right. 62. I, I'm responsible. I fucked all this up. Yeah, Royal. You're, you're exactly like my dad. That's right. You did nothing. You I was in a punk rock band. I was sing, singing songs about Ronald Reagan. What do you mean you did nothing? I did plenty. I but, did plenty. But see, that's the thing. Is like if my dad from like whatever nineteen forty whatever, um, and you are both boomers. Well, I'm gonna start to just say that term might be not be like full on meaningful to me. Yeah. Um, but it's. When when are these labels ever meaningful, Keith Hartel? That's what I want to know. But, when you're using them for attack reasons. But we're more than halfway through the show, and I haven't played this. Phil, do you mind if I play the sound of the mummy? Hey, it's your show, that man. They uh, reproduced. Yeah, why am I asking for your permission? You're right. <laughs> so this guy who reproduced this uh, vocal track of a uh, mummy. By the way, the mummy's in the position he's lying in in the sarcophagus. I get to say sarcophagus. So uh, this guy, uh, Howard, I think it was, Mo, it was Mo Howard, was it? No, David Howard. He's, he's the academic that they interviewed for this article. And he says, uh, all right, well, we're going to put some air through this vocal track, this larynx, and we're going to record it, and we're going to see what this thing says. <laughs> so that's uh, what we're going to listen to now. Chris, do if you, you say larynx? La- did, is that what I said? What am I supposed to say? Yeah. Larynx? Yeah, the yeah, uh, larynx. larynx. What did I say? Yeah, I, just... I said larynx. That's a Dr. Seuss book, I believe. Yeah, larynx, yeah, yeah, yeah. The larynx. Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, let me get this lined up for you. 
But look that look here's the deal. 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 Did you know it would sound like that? The mummy is a It's just like keep laughing. Say that again, Phil? Sounds just like Keith laughing. Oh, I can't really hear what yeah, you're playing. Yeah, that's okay. That's Listen, it was funny. You <laughs> missed it. You got, you'll have to listen to it later. I played Joe Biden. All right, so this, that's all. Is that in the David? Is that also in the David Lynch movie? No, this is my thing, the 3,000-year-old mummy. Wasn't that a Mel Brooks album <laughs> with Carl Reiner? 2,000-year-old man. I know, no. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm literal man. I'm literal man. I'm answering your questions as asked. Phil, how are things on the West Coast in Portland, by the way? Do you have this uh, sense of, like, the impeachment trial going on? Are you sort of tuned out? Do you... No, you, no, no, no. It's, no? It's as, yeah, it's as big here as any place, yeah. Definitely. Meaning it's not big at all. What are you saying, exactly? Are people really caring, Keith? <laughs> does anyone care about the impeachment in Broglio? <laughs> yeah. They That's do. what I want to know. Yeah, it's a big deal. In Portland, they care. Do, Keith? Do you oh, care? Well, Do you care? No, I, I you care. Well, I care for I care in a, an abstract opposite. Like this is making things that could turn out good be more likely to turn out bad. Kind of way I care, but um, I you know, but it, otherwise it, it is no, what it is. It is what it is. No, I, I don't care about like the um. Well, I, what what the fuck is this fucking shit? Like, what's supposed <laughs> to be the out? Like, what's the upshot? Like, what are we supposed to get from this? Uh, it's going to go on his permanent record. Permanent. Oh, that'll show him. Yeah, you wait. You wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see that it's going to accomplish much, but it, it's a, it's a kind of thing where you you have to do it. I mean, when someone breaks a law, when if someone breaks in your house and you're like, I'm not going to get that stereo back anyway, I'm not going to call the police. I mean, aren't you going to report it? This isn't like that, though. Um, you don't they didn't have to do it. I mean. Uh, you could make the argument that I mean they make the argument that they had to do it, but they didn't have to do it. It's just that's just a that's a, a statement of of actual literal fact. They did not have to do it. Now, if you say from a moral perspective, if you have this belief and that belief, and then these boxes are crossed off by the rules we preconceived, to be morally consistent, they had to do it. Okay. But it's it's there's a hysteria around Trump that is actually helps him and goes against things good, and that is why, that's why I'm I I am afraid that I feel emotionally invested in that which I'd rather float above. Ah, the floating above. Who's the boomer now? That's what I want to know. I don't Who's know. The, Someone uh, born before 1964. Yeah, I guess uh, anyone would be really. Me. Again, it's me. Yeah, Sad trombone. But how much? How much does it matter whether you're emotionally invested? I mean, that doesn't seem like a big, big deal. I mean, it should be the question should be whether or not to do it, and if it will, if it will accomplish anything. It will accomplish nothing. Well, I, I, I have to agree with Phil in that I do think that there are certain things that are so egregious, so unconstitutional, and so unignorable, if that's like a word. starting a war based on lies, which George W. Bush did, and people wanted to impeach him as a war criminal for making an illegal war based on lies. And Obama and Nancy let Pelosi, him slide. No, Nancy Pelosi literally let him slide. That's a matter of fucking record. Well, And that is why I say, fuck this, like, like yeah, oh, this guy doesn't act right impeachment. You don't want to engage in whataboutism either. Come on now. No, whataboutism is a bullshit term. Uh, it, whataboutism 
criticism means you sit, you you point out like, oh, your thinking is not consistent, and then the other person is like, oh, but that's what aboutism, so it doesn't count. It's like, no, it's actually you you're you you don't really mean what you well, mean. Well, all right, let me try case. this one. That ship has sailed. I mean, that ship has sailed. Does that mean that forever on we don't try to do the thing that is the right thing to do because this is the right thing to do? Unfortunately, I mean, I know it doesn't really help. It won't ultimately help. It may hurt. But it is, I believe, the right thing to do because certain things, certain acts are so egregious that you, to ignore them is to compl- is to be complicit. Okay. And so, uh, you know, if they're saying we don't want to be complicit in this kind of thing and Here's we're holding you accountable. Here's your answer. Don't you wave your finger at me. I'm waving my finger at the world because okay, right. I really mean this shit. The Soleimani was an assassination. That is fucking illegal. It's a war crime. Now you have people like Mike Bloomberg saying it's outrageous that Bernie Sanders would call it an assassination. You have the whole fucking cable news system being like, you know, that uh, I don't know if Trump did the right procedures, but everyone agrees that guy should be killed. An assassination, war crime, illegal war crime. There's controversy to call it an assassination. I say if you want to, if you want to uh, talk about. Should we impeach a president because he violated our international laws and assassinated a foreign leader? I would say, fucking yeah. Let's not let it get out of control. But you know what? That ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. Oh, so I don't that's... give a fuck about, oh, he was trying to get them to say that Biden uh, got his son a well, expensive that's where, job. Well, that's where you and I will have to part ways because I do, I do feel like when you start jacking up the... Uh, the uh, democratically elected leaders of foreign countries jacking them up for 400 million unless they do your dirty political work. Wait, why is why are we giving them I, the money? I draw the line. But why are we giving them the money? Kind of behavior. We're giving them the money to uh, supposedly to run it to be part of our empire. Well, to fend off the Russians is yeah, more yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah same yeah, thing. So. That's the same exact thing. Fend off those nasty Russians. And you know what? They actually are saying, and I believe it's come up in the impeachment. Damn commies with the Russians. So we don't have to fight them here, really? Yeah. Your really? has no regard for human life. Yeah. Well, you bet your sweets, Mr. Commie. Damn commies. Keith. Hey. Sparks were flying off the top of your head just now. It was great. Oh. It was great. You were like... <laughs> that's where it comes from, though, is because it's like everyone has been complacent, or at least like that's the way it is about our obscene fucking foreign policy that... Anyone from 80s hardcore got educated from the communist publication Maximum Rock and Roll about, like, you know, how fucked up, like, you know, war criminality through the entire, the Reagan era, which I, era, Reagan Era. era, which I would say would be more properly called the Bush era because it was George H.W. Bush, CIA, foreign policy, darkness that is dominated from then on. And... But Trump, he he tried to get dirt on a political rival. Ooh, well, it's, and it's that guy, and it's the fucking guy. No one wants to win. You know, you're, the nomination. you're but see, you're only telling part of the story, Phil. He telling the part of the story he's not mentioning. It's not just digging up dirt on a political rival. What's the other part of that equation, Phil? Um, he, uh, I lost track. Well, he withheld congressionally mandated military aid and other Phil's aid. answer was right. Your answer is, oh, fine. But Phil's answer was the real answer. 
Hmm. I mean, just by American, like the perception, the the consciousness of the culture, Phil's answer was the fucking answer. Well, thank you, Mr. Cynic. Mr. Mm -hmm. Cynic, thank you so much. Now, I do believe uh, that this is egregious. It's an egregious affront to the Constitution, and something must be done. And I'm glad they're doing something about it, because it'll be a permanent stain on his record. A permanent stain! And that'll show him. How is he going to deal with that? I don't know. <laughs> I think in that? another 30, 40 years, this whole thing will be done anyway. I, I don't even, you know, I think that we are running out of time rapidly. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, collat, you know, those Matryoshka doll effects. It's going to be one of those Russian nesting doll effects where, I don't know, things are just going to start to contain other things and, and transmogrify things until things get really, really bad. And suddenly we are an icy dead orb hurtling through space. No, but Bernie, no, unless Bernie gets elected, makes an international deal to solve the environment, Ooh. and um, everyone has health care and lives forever because of Elon Musk and Bernie Sanders. Ooh. So, that's, and, you know, but... Really? Is that what we're working on? Well, what's the best thing I see could possibly happen? All right. Well, it's that's... a long shot. I, I called you Mr. Cynic. Maybe I should call you Mr. All cynics are Mr. defeated Hopeful. idealists. I heard that. Phil, do you believe that as many times as you've heard it? I'm sorry, do I believe what? Phil. He's doing his taxes. That's what he's doing. Phil. Me? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm working. I'm All right. working here. I know. It's still early in Portland. It's only 342 in the afternoon in Portland. And here it's 642 in the evening. And Keith Artell and I sit... Uh, talking nicely here on thehoundnyc.com. Every do, do you know what's going on here at thehoundnyc.com, Phil? Or do you have no clue? When you say here, do you mean in your house? No, I mean on the internet radio station known as thehoundnyc.com. Every Sunday at 3 p.m., it's a new hound howl. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, all times Eastern. And at 5 p.m., crashing the party with Mark and Miriam, doo-wop chop shop of the year. That's what I meant, Phil. Yeah, so okay. it's real. I mean, the hound is the hound is actually doing new shows. Is what it, you're saying? It is. It's real. It's true. Who would make that kind even, of shit up? Are you kidding me, Phil? Even though most most of what you hear is like thirty years old, right? Well, there's a uh, yeah thirty uh, like, like 30? a lot of Nirvana. <laughs> Yeah, is it? <laughs> I, no. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I don't know. Like, like Lady Yeah. Yes. I think it goes. I think those shows go way back, don't they? No, they go back uh, like one hundred years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every song is one hundred years. <laughs> Thomas Edison recorded <laughs> them through a, a goddamn phonograph. You're right. How wax did you know? Cylinders. That's right. They're on wax cylinders. Every week we have to play the wax cylinders. Yeah. It's really something. Now, Thirty years is like Soundgarden. Uh, Soundgarden. Hmm. Well, I would say, I think uh, 1987 to 1984 is what I would say on the years. So that's a good stretch yeah. of time. That's seven years, right? If my math is correct, my arithmetic. 84 to 87? 87 to 94. Oh, that's yeah. seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven yeah, I, years. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and that's hundreds of shows. So, you know, and uh, what we like to do, like, for instance, right now it's January. We put up the January shows, right? And yeah. then in, in February, all the shows from February and so on. I feel like that at least keeps you somewhat in the feel of what was going on at that time of year but it, it's yeah. it's interesting it is t like time travel in a way and you hear about people sometimes i hear myself i pop into the studio and you hear me in the background and 
I'm like, wow, that's weird. That's like 30 years ago, man. It really is weird. It really when, is when weird. You're, just chugging, you're chugging along, you're listening to a show, you're getting into it, and they start talking about guys who have died 15 years ago or 20 years ago. I know? say, it's, it's I like it. I like, I like that whole effect. I do. There's something about yeah. it that's... That's very interesting, and and some a lot of those shows I didn't hear when they when they originally were on. I, I don't know where I was or what I was doing. A lot of them I did, and I was there. But yeah. some of them I missed, and so it's good to hear them. But it's uh, also good to hear Phil here, who picked up the phone and called all the way from Portland, and could well, you know what got me to you know what got me to want to call is your your comments about veganism. Okay, and I, mine I, or I or, say that, or Keith's, uh, most, mostly Keith. Yeah, good. Um, I managed to pass this I mean, off I, on you. I, I just hope. I mean, I'm a. I've been a vegan slash vegetarian for the past 28 years, and I. I just hope it doesn't. People aren't turned off as if it's just some trendy, self righteous bullshit. You know, it really no. is a good thing. No, I don't it's feel that way. To, I feel like uh, you know, vegans they, will outlive us all, and then maybe uh, they'll eat us no, when there's no more food. Who knows? I mean to talk to talk to you, Chris, a person who had your cat die in your arms. Obviously, you care about animals, and so my my only point is, if we don't have to kill, don't do it. And obviously, I'm healthy, I'm flourishing, and you know I don't need to eat animals to, to, to survive. Oh, you're making yeah. me feel so terrible. I think I had a cheeseburger like last week. I, now I feel horrible. <laughs> I feel horrible. I do. I feel horrible. But my. But Keith, correct me if I'm wrong. We raise those animals so that we can eat them, right? We yes. otherwise they wouldn't really exist. Cows and you know as many pigs as there are, we're sort of raising them as feedstock, aren't well, we? Well, I mean, the, the way I would answer this is, I would just say it's it's very similar to what people say. You know, uh, uh, let's say let's assume I might be a guy that would be like in favor of Bernie Sanders, and there are stereotypes of like. Well, you know, I like the idea of Bernie Sanders, but his supporters, they really are a turnoff. And so there's stereotypes about the way that, like, a certain kind of brand of veganism. If When I was remarking about, like, Joaquin Phoenix talking at the Golden Globes, I'm actually yeah. hats off to his, like, real, real feel of that. And um, the arguments for veganism, both ethical and environmental strong and um the idea that people should even just know understand you're supposed to eat plants even if you do also eat meat it's all good like yeah. it's, it's all it's all I, the right uh, direction i think that uh what keith is trying to say phil is that uh, you are better than us yeah uh, <laughs> and and you've proven it by your clean lifestyle your i've seen your facebook pictures of phil is in excellent shape for a man in his 70s he's doing beautifully <laughs> yeah. And he looks oh, fantastic. He I don't know. How old are you, Phil? <laughs> 56. 56. He he's a like year he's younger his... than we are, and he looks like he's 20 years younger he than we are. He sounds like he's in his mid-30s. Really? You have young voice, And he probably doesn't Phil. have a gray beard, I guess. Yeah. Can you talk more no, like this? No, no, Can no. you be even, more like... Uh, even though I... I live in Portland, I have no beard. No, I, I, would love, I would love to give veganism the credit, but the fact is that I have really good genes. Although I, I am... In better shape than my siblings, I yeah. think. So. Keith and I are both horribly, horribly, you know. I would say I'm really? more horribly, horribly sort of not vegan is the way I would Chris, I'd like, to, yeah. I'd like to, Chris, I'd like to respond to what you said about the animals being raised for food. Yes. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if that's an excuse. I mean, you... you no, I you don't raise, think we would have cows if we didn't eat cows. It still I has mean, consciousness, I, I, it still yeah. has feelings. It, it does, and I, I feel terrible about that, and that's the part where you have me... And admittedly, I would say you have me because I can't 
really put up any kind of defense. I mean, it, it, there's no real defense to may, that. May I pose yeah. Phil a conundrum? Yes, yeah, please. I love these. Because th this is a thing. I threw this out on yeah. Facebook, and only one side of the debate got angry. And, and by I, the way, can I wait, can I connect to you on Facebook? Um, I never go on Facebook. I might come back, though, now oh, okay. that I'm hanging out on Aerial View. I might have to hype it. But, sure. Um, you can right. connect me. Okay. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll friend, I'll, I'll accept Wait, your Wait, you're not my hype man? On. What happened? I, thought I, you were. I was trying to work on it, but um, right. what I said was okay, like, um, like, like a, a pro-life abortionism, that issue and veganism, same, same more moral, like conundrum equal. And it's like... It tends Wait, to if fall you're in, a vegan, you should be pro-life if you're being consistent? Is that what you're saying? I'm not. Well, I'm no? just saying, well, each side tends to judge. Like, like a lot of vegans are very flagrantly pro-choice. And then a lot of pro-choice people are like, vegans don't kill animals. What are you, you know, what's, what's your primitive thinking? And I just think it's the same thing where it's a personal decision about what the meaning of it is and whether it's... You know, the, what the morality, what the ethics are, and it's, it's a personal choice, and then it's a personal choice for yourself, and then going on All to right, whether you think we, you should interfere with anyone. It, Phil, before we run out of road in 10 minutes, too, I, I have heard um, carnivores defended this way. People say, well, um, you know, we evolved to become carnivores. That's yeah, what we are. Well, that is true. And, and we eat animals, and we draw the line at some animals. We only eat certain animals, but other animals we don't eat. Which I'm and, fine, you know, and, fine and those animals are feedstock. We, we raise them so that we can eat them. Chickens and pigs and cows and you and that's, you know, feedstock. So we're going to raise them and we're, we're going to eat them. Yes, they have feelings and thoughts and they're a living creature. And dear God, it's horrible. And that's where he gets me. Because I, what do you say after that? Sure, sure, Phil. They'll say, well, it sucks sure. for them, but my shit ain't that great. Like, I'm going to die too. <laughs> and I'm going to feed the worms, yeah, right? Yeah, As we said earlier, but, become worm food. But, I mean, yes. but still, the, the, the ethical, like, I mean, just that in the sense that it's a personal decision, um, veganism and pro-lifeism, to me, are on the same plane. And um, I'm for pro-choice on both, technically, I All guess. right. But Phil doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would, if you sat there eating duck, if Phil would, like, visibly blanch or otherwise be like ew you know you're disgusting well the question is is yeah. does he see do, do you phil see that as a similar moral like personal choice quandary uh i don't know i i'm not sure it's a quandary let me just say that i i i am against abortion oh okay I'm well, against then, that's why it's not a quandary yeah. for you you're you're consistent yeah yeah <laughs> I did not know that. Well, there you go. Well, that is so, not see. That's like a that every guy that's vegan should be hit, Phil. Really, but if yes! you're being consistent, Keith, well, tell us that I mean, what you're well, saying. If you're going to make this because like there's there's health and um, environmental arguments for veganism that have nothing to do with whether you care that you killed an animal, right? That are strong. Well, yeah, so, there is the methane, yeah, the goddamn methane. Yeah. So, so the thing is, if you go on the whole like I don't want to kill animals thing. Yeah, that's. I don't want to kill like you know babies just before they get born. Should be also part of well, your. Well, you know, trip. one's killing them just before they're born. Oh my god, they're like <laughs> a goddamn zygote. You know, I mean, we're talking about no, uh, term embryonic Ralph Embryo Northam Blackfacer from North Virginia. Oh my god, wants to take Keith, the fetuses really? out, revive them, and no, then kill them. No, no, I look it up on the internet. All right, well, we're almost out of road. Thank you, Phil, for the. 
And this is oh. this is why it's good you're not really on the air. Hey Phil, have you seen Cats the movie? <laughs> that is my number one movie not to see this year. I want to see it, kinda. You and me, Keith. Come on. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, do edibles. We'll yeah, do yeah, edibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll the go thing. see that. The it's, thing is, you it's, get it's, fucked up. I it's and... de rigueur, as they say. Yeah, no, it's in the new, New York. This is the new Rocky Horror. It's Phil. It's de rigueur. Did you know that? I don't know what that means. No, what de, does that mean? It means it's uh, all the rage. You know, the French. It's oh. all the rage, Phil. You go well, and you eat your no... edibles, and then you go see Cats the movie. Well, I, I actually posted the uh, picture of the cat poster on Facebook, and nine out of ten people responded that they absolutely wouldn't want to see it. Well, so. uh, it is becoming ironic. See, though, that's that's the thing that Keith is saying is that now people are going to see it ironically because now it's <laughs> ironic. I guess. Well, hey. no, is that what you're saying? There was a trend. There was a, some dude that was like a comic book writer on Twitter that wrote like how he took up mushrooms and went to see cats and then I think Vulture interviewed him or something. Yeah. And and, and then, it's become a thing now. It's like the, now it's a thing to and do. And apparently like it's it does reach that level of maximum what is this what were you, what are we supposed to do with this ism? It it, it it it's achieved that level. So you you and I, Keith, we're going to go at some point. Yeah, we're, we're, right? and we will have edibles. And uh, we'll see cats. I, I, how much longer do you think it'll be? Do you think they'll keep it in the theaters for a while because uh, now people are seeing it ironically? Maybe that's what will happen. It'll be at midnight in midnight like, movie. Um, Montclair, New Jersey. Like I used to go see Song Remains the Same in yes. Bethpage or wherever the hell it you was, know, the old theater. Rocky Horror. That's right, midnight. I saw a racer head at midnight with that my sister was... Joni. I remember that still. I envy yeah. you for having seen she that. Brought it her was boyfriend. One of the earliest midnight movies. Yeah, she brought her boyfriend, and I remember we sat there, and afterwards she was like, what in the living hell? Did we just watch for the last <laughs> hour and a half? And I, and I think it really freaked her out. I think she was really honestly, yeah, <laughs> like disturbed by it. You know, the lady in the radiator and the oh, thing yeah. under the bed. No, it is disturbing. It's no, it's deeply disturbing. Like, I mean, yeah, it's supposed you're to be disturbed really by it. Into it, right? It should be disturbing. And uh, and uh, and uh, Jack uh, Nance is in it, right? Oh, Jack he's, Nance. He's a he's racer star. head. He's, he's a racer the, head. He's the haircut. And and he's and, uh, the Dave Lin David Lynch avatar. Oh, it's my it's one of my favorite. And the David Lynch ever. avatar always has some version of David Lynch hair. If it's Kyle McLaughlin, the same deal. Some kind of David Lynch hair. You know. Oh my God, we're almost out of road. Can you believe where all the time has gone, Keith Ortel? I think we got like five minutes left in the program. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate it. Thanks for having say me. Say goodbye. And uh, to Phil, all the way there out in Portland, Oregon. We got to hear from the other coast, the left coast. Some, t some people say it's the best coast, the west coast. I don't know. Uh, you know, in terms of climate change, it it's really suffering for. right now. It, it's, uh, you it know. depends. Uh, I could find a lot of fault with it. That's like a like, you know, geological joke. Get it? Fault. Yeah. Fault with it. San Andreas, anybody? Crickets. Nothing but crickets. <laughs> I swear to God. It's like... Uh, so in the last five minutes, I, I just wanted to um, say one other thing about badass pickup trucks. I, we were out on a drive today on Route 80, and I was saying to Keith Ortel, why is every pickup truck nowadays a badass pickup truck? They all they want to loom up behind you. Like if I, I have a sedan, a saloon, as uh, some European automakers call them, right? Yeah. It's a four-door sedan. And when one of these things gets in my rearview mirror, suddenly all you see in the rearview mirror is like the Ford emblem backwards or the yeah. Chevy bow tie or, 
the uh, Ram. Ram was the first one to really make these tall grills and these really tall pickup trucks and now they come up behind you and they're like three inches off your back bumper and they're just there and they're huge and they're massive they're all crew cabs because nobody could just have two doors on a fucking pickup truck anymore and they all have badass tires and they're lifted and they're like yeah they're like america fuck yeah fucking pickup truck that's what i imagine is going on inside the cab Every time one of those is hurtling down the highway, and you know, and I just uh, I've always heard I think that must that's got to be like a stereotype, though. It is because the, one of them pulls into the parking lot of the Acme, and the door opens, and this guy like five foot four gets out, and he's wearing like some sort of synthetic fur. I swear to God, I saw this one time. Like the Acme, the yeah, Smack Me, as yeah. I used to call it, is now closed. We're supposed to get a Lytle. Who the fuck knows even what Lytle means? I asked my wife, is that an Acme? Acronym like yeah. L I D L or is it little? Am I supposed yeah. to say little? And it's like Germans are gonna sell me produce now. That's gonna be great. Yeah, we have the finest Romania. Yeah. Ach, du lieber, wait till you see our vegetables. It's gonna be great. But this guy gets out of this tra- out of this goddamn Ford like XLT whatever it is, and I and he was five foot four and wearing a synthetic fur. I really thought, do you need that much truck, buddy? You're a little really... man in a big vehicle. <laughs> do you really need that much truck? What are you, Oz? What are you, Oz? Is exactly <laughs> right. Uh, thank you for being here yet again, Keith Hartel, and I'll uh, turn it back over to uh, Vintage Hound programs, and then on Sundays at 3 p.m., New Hound Howl, and then Crashing the Party at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. This one is going out to uh, Violet, who is with the Angels now. Thank you, Violet, for... Many memorable years. We're going to miss you. We do miss you. It's the only song I know of written about a cat and one who dies. Written by Brian May. This one going out to you as well, Keith Hartel. But mostly to Violet. TheHoundNYC.com She came without a falling A babe without a name So much ado she try to say so much ado my lover so many games we played through every fleeted summer through every precious day all dead all dead all the dreams we had and I wonder why I still been Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear here on Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. Thanks again to Keith Artell. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash call Aerial View.
Open, please.